Hey Ryan. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, I've, Mike. I've uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been looking for something. What have you been looking for? You know, I've just been I've misplaced it, and I've ever since I've been searching. You know, you could say I've been in this pursuit of pursuit Tom. for what? Tom. Tom. Oh, Tom. Of Tom, of Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong. Uh, he's in Link One Eighty Two. He is, and uh, so the Pursuit of Tone documentary came out and <laughs> talked about Tom DeLonge, and we watched it and yeah, talked about this it. This is what this episode's about. Yep, and uh, we also talk about this little like pop punk resurgence that's happening, old school. Uh, so, so you know, oh, y- you may have second. heard of. Sh- should I spoil the songs that come out? Should we? Should we save it? Yeah, save it. Save it. Some some <laughs> some choice songs came out from bands that. Could you uh, say it's maybe? Uh, some of two of the bands from the Pop Disaster Tour, besides Whoa. Blink, uh, both came out cut with Cut You songs. Up? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was Cut Saves you the up. Day? Maybe it was Saves the Day. <laughs> Those are definitely the two coolest bands, besides Blink. <laughs> yes. Uh, that were in the Pop Disaster Tour. Um, so we talk about that. We talk about the pursuit of tone documentary like you just said uh, how would you how would you describe our analysis of the film it's all over the place <laughs> <laughs> there's ups there's downs there's uh yeah there's some great licks there's some yeah. that was the most italian you've ever like i know you have italian heritage that was the, the most italian you've ever seemed is yeah, it's all over the place <laughs> <laughs> that was like a hank azaria simpsons blue collar worker character that was great oh, i'm glad that's cool yeah. yeah, you know, ups and downs, <laughs> sideways, you got licks. You got all the ways. <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, yeah, that happened. Um, <laughs> we also had uh, a big, deep mailbag to get through. So yeah. uh, Piles and piles. Just so much is fan mail. It's like uh, we need to get a P.O. box you know, for I found shit. some dead rats under that mailbag. <laughs> it's been in this corner for so long. So it's good we cleared it out. Yeah. You know, good to clear the air. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I maybe maybe I'm kind of thinking like I like that documentary and maybe I want to rewatch it again. But before There's I, it's a settled, really good way to do it, though. Yeah. You know, how you should do it. How? You should probably, you know, make sure the AC's on. Oh. Okay. Maybe have a little fan blowing mm. right at your crotch. Yeah. But make sure before you do that, you, you take your pants off. <laughs> Welcome to Take Off Your Pants and Podcast. What are you laughing about? Uh, I just thought, as I was saying that, I was like, wow, this is a really forceful intro uh, intro that I'm giving here. Um, I'm Mike, as always, and with us today is... Ryan. I'm Ryan. And today we're going to talk about (laughs) the pursuit of... Tom. Why'd you do that? What? Oh, I was, I, you were going to say Tom, Pursuit of Tom. That's, well, that's the name of the episode. We're not going to, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to blow the pun too early. <laughs> yeah, The Pursuit of Tom. The Pursuit of Tom. <laughs> uh, we talked about The Pursuit of Tone, the documentary. Ernie um, Ball presents. Yeah, so. I, I uh, thought for some reason Pursuit of Tone was going to be like the name of the series. And it's like, it's Pursuit of Tone. Yeah. 
It's featuring Tom Dolan. Well, I think one. they did it with other guitarists, and it's like Pursuit of Tone. Uh, well, they were like shorts. I've never seen it like long ones like this. Have you? Is there any other? Oh, uh, I think ones? some are like forty minutes. But yeah, this might be the only one that's like an hour and a half. Yeah, like a full. I mean, this is a this is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, but before we get into that, yeah. So, um, <laughs> we uh, there, there's been a bit of a resurgence. Uh, this just certain week. types of bands, yeah, yeah, uh, of blink types of bands. Uh, you know, <laughs> early in the summer, um. And I guess the first one would have been in June and the Sum 41 song. Yeah. That came out. And, you know, Sum 41 has been making music, but I think this was their first in a while, at least for me, that I was like, oh, this sounds like the Sum 41 I remember. You know, this yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. cool. Like, yeah, they had, um, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool, a little song. And I mean, they've had the albums, but they just kind of like they're back, you know. But, but there was mostly a couple other ones we wanted to talk about. Right. Well, well, after that was the, the Blink album. I mean, yeah. that was just a little while later. And then, uh, a few weeks after that, or you know, about a month that later, here we are, and this week we have two other bombshells, two big ones. Um, so there was a comment on uh on the subreddit under our uh, last episode, the Cheshire Cat one, uh, where uh, hi, my name is Morit Moritz Moritz M O M O R I T Z Moritz Moritz. Is that how you say that? Moritz Mor- Moritz. It's got to be Moritz. Hi, my name is Moritz. <laughs> Um, he said, what do you think of the new Jimmy Eat World song? Ah. So Jew is back. Finally. (laughs) Not even that really. I mean, it's only been a few years, but. Yeah. But it's always, it's always good as, as they pointed out, um, hey, hey, is it hey or hi? Hi. Hi. Oh, like hi, my name is, uh, hi, my name is Moritz, um, pointed out something I, I really agree with that they're just a consistent band. Yeah. Pretty like, consistent. Like Jimmy world. Um, it's been a long time since they put out an album that was like, even in my top 10 for that year, mm-hmm. but every album they put out, I've like loved, you know, it's sort of something, like, you gravitated to something to it. At yeah. Least. They, they remind me of like Marvel movies, you know, like Marvel <laughs> movies aren't usually my favorite movie of the year, but I always love seeing them, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny with Jimmy cause they were like the, they're from Mesa, Arizona, where I'm from, and they're just like a big part of where like, I lived too for a while. Yeah, you lived there too. I went to high school there. But like that was like they were our hometown heroes, and uh, that was like the first concert I ever went to. Basically, like for, like first real one, like I'd say was like when was that? It had to be. It had to be like 2001 or something like that. It had to be mm. just like it was like the Donnas and Jimmy World and stuff oh, like cool. that. Maybe it was even earlier than that, but it was just like, like a fun show. Yeah, and um, yeah, and they put out a new song, and I uh, it was I really liked it. Kind of looks like it's going for like this sort of harder vibe, which I'm excited for. Yeah, um, fans of Jimmy Eat World will uh, understand the reference that it sounds like Futures, kind of a Futures um, vibe, and I, I think more than Futures kind of reminded me of uh, um, Stay on My Side, like the, the a little bit maybe Stay on my side the, tonight. More of like it doesn't have that like long slow build that stand my side stuff does, but it's sort of like it reminded me of like one of those songs if you took it and then just like made like a hard version. Yeah, and of it's it. pretty fast song too. And it's, yeah. what's ni- nice about it is it kind of left you wanting more. Yeah, and, it's just um, short and sweet. Yeah, you know, which and, is something they've been getting good at. Well, there's the thing with me with Jimmy is that I a uh, huge fan of course. Um, I wasn't really like too on board with damages, and it's not like that. It was bad. I just didn't really nothing connected with me with damages and also had 
awful album artwork. I don't it know. did have that. Like, like that's one what thing happened <laughs> there. I, I like that album. Um, I agree. It's not like their best, you know. Well, those songs but, translate better live than they do on the album. I feel like, but and but the thing was is like this has like really cool like the the they've like redid their website and it has like really cool like th- vibes going yeah. on right now. The lyric video was great. I think yeah. um, better it, than the Blink lyric videos were. It reminds me of like really old Jimmy World stuff. If you go back to like some of their old stuff, like yeah, they, like, like Static Prevails, maybe even before even. that, even before that, like there's like That's stuff cool. where they like there's like an album called like One Two Three Four or something like that and. There's one that's called Jimmy World, and it's kind of the written font like that, and it's just mm-hmm. like old pictures, and just kind of like has this or early '90s emo vibe to it. So, what's your hype level for this album right now? Um, it's just cool that it just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, you kind of saw it following them all on Instagram and stuff, right? And you kind of saw like they were doing something, but never really announced. Yeah, that they were doing I, no, anything. and I, I'm with you. It's it's sort of yeah. I've been following them on Instagram too, and then I've been knowing for a while. Okay, something's coming, something's coming. Yeah, and it's kind of cool to be pleasantly surprised like i i I didn't have have negative expectations like i like i said i think jimmy world's consistent if anything you know Mm -hmm. like i always enjoy their stuff on some level the last album i really liked was invented though i think so yeah which is only two albums ago yeah um but this one in particular it just kind of really um and i wouldn't say blew me away but it was just like whoa this is kind of i'm pleasantly surprised you know it was kind of like for me, like just to this maybe we'll do an episode about Jimmy World someday, but like there was like this uh like features came out and it was just like I was in high school still, it just blew me away. And then they had like those that EP came out, which was a lot of leftover features stuff to stay on the side tonight. Right. Which was like this is the best shit they've ever made. And then right after that was Chase's Light, which took me years, years <laughs> to appreciate Chase's Light. Yeah. Because it had this sheen to it, this it's, kind of well, pop sheen. It, it was full on pop and at a time when that was probably the most repellent thing For me, I was just like, years. no, I want some fucking... Not pop, I want real fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> and so it took, it like, I, like, it was right after high school and I was probably like, you know... Yeah, still listen to Devil and God and stuff right yeah. inside me, brand new. And it was just like, ugh. And then now I'm like, oh, those songs are actually pretty good. And uh, Big Casino is one of my favorite songs by them. Yeah, and then and then Invented came out, which was a cool little album, I think. And uh, and then Damages, I just I, I should revisit it because it just hasn't. Um, it probably I probably would appreciate it more because it took me a while. To, like, I I think it. I'm kind of with you that it works better on um, uh, as singles, mm-hmm. you know, or like in not as an album, but just kind of like the songs because they they're. It reminds me of the Green Album by Weezer mm. in that way. Like, I think the Green Album, I think, is horrible to listen to as an album because <laughs> every song is structured like li- literally exactly the same way, and it becomes very annoying, I think. But in isolation, like, you just hear Islands in the Sun, you're like, this song's amazing. You mm-hmm. know, like, I think it sounds great. And I think Damage isn't like, is exactly like that. Yeah, that might be it. Because um, they're all kind of structured the same way. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's exciting to see what they'll do next with it. I mean... I think it's October is when they're, it's coming out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so Jimmy World, an interesting f- fact about them, uh, they played on the Pop Disaster tour. <laughs> they did with uh, Blink 182, and uh, he told you this. This is going to be Blink related. Yeah, this, this is why yeah, we're this bringing is, this up. This is, so okay, first pivot. <laughs> this is Blink related. Second pivot. <laughs> Even though we should have said this before the Jimmy World talk. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> this is the quality journalism you get here on the Take Off Your Pants and Podcast <laughs> podcast. Uh, so uh yeah, Green Day put out a song. 
<laughs> fucking Green Day. Yeah, uh, you know, it's been a minute. Uh, that whole Uno Dos Trace thing didn't <laughs> seem like it went over too I don't well know. It with was anyone. Like, I don't think fans liked it. It didn't seem like critics liked it. It didn't seem like I, it sold well. I think I listened to Uno, and I never listened to Dos and Trace. I don't yeah. know. I, what, I, I don't mean, know. I, there might be people out there who like it. I think it's, I, I it's, I do not. I think it's pretty bad. Like I, I mm-hmm. think it's, um, uh, you know, like uh, garbage. <laughs> I think it's garbage music. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then before that was 21st century breakdown. So to give you some context, like uh, American Idiot came out when I was in high school. You were, I think, in, yeah. Yeah, in high school in too. High school, yeah. yeah. And so it was a pretty big thing. And actually, I loved a- Green Day. Um, they yeah. were the it, the Pop Disaster tour is like comically designed for me <laughs> because I, I I I literally would have ranked my bands as my favorite bands as Blink Twenty Two, Green Day, yeah, Jimmy. Me too. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I I've loved Green Day. You know, like I grew up with them in a very similar way that I did to Blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's so American Idiot was such a big thing, a big album like for them, and it was like wow, this is crazy. And I think and listening back at it recently, I feel like it. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that does hold up. I think American Idiot, I think absolutely holds up. And I think it will be an album that'll be. I, like, I think it honestly gets a little bit better with age because some of the stuff um, that some of the political stuff was just so uh standard at the time yeah. but as we're further removed from that we're just less familiar with hearing that rhetoric over and over so it's like oh yeah oh, iraq was messed up you know <laughs> like it's just you know yeah it, it's more interesting when it's not like everyone around us is saying that you know and then 20, 21st century breakdown came out which was trying to replicate it yeah i remember i remember it came out and i was like i wanted to be all on board with it um, and I'm sure people did. And you know? it just, it, it, I thought it was really bad. And and then I saw, and people were just done with their 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 shtick, you know. Yeah. From and, and I think their songwriting just like it got um, kind of simplified, or at least they got in just a specific thing of what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, they were in like a groove. Which, Turned down the bass because on like Mike there Dern. was such a big change between like Warning and American Idiot, and so it was just like yeah. And which was, you know, him trying to refine it, you know. Kind yeah, of I mean, yeah, people forget, but when they wrote American Idiot, um, they were because they were so big after that, and they've been so big since. But before probably that, bigger were... than Blink, but the, yeah, when they at the time they were writing American Idiot, they were like that. That probably would have been their last album if it didn't take off. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, Nimrod came out, and people love Time of Your Life, but only that song mm-hmm. and then warning came out no one cared about that yeah, album. And that's, that's that was probably one of the first uh green day albums I listened so they were lot, years yeah. removed that you know they had that one little bump with time of your life but it was basically 95 was sort of their last like mm-hmm. years of being relevant and yeah they they were kind of they'd wrote an album written an album after warning all the tapes got stolen um, sounds like that's what became the network and some of the Foxborough hub, which were cool stuff. Yeah. Which were, it was sounded dope. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, then they did check American out network. Yeah. So Foxborough hot tubs. I actually saw Foxborough hot tubs live. I think, cool. I think that they, you know, thinking about it, I think they green day might be one of those bands that's at their best when they're sort of the underdogs, mm-hmm. um, because 21st century breakdown, you know, they're rock stars. I think that's bad. The Uno dos trace. I think you're awful. They're rock stars. And I think because those didn't sell well, you could argue they're in another scrappy place again which, which might explain why this bang, song bang. is pretty cool like, well, we didn't even say the name of the, the jimmy song get right but, get right yeah oh. <laughs> the green day song bang bang yeah so i had the notes right fucking in front of me and i came and 
Okay, so uh, this first song was Get Right by Jamie E. World, <laughs> and now we're talking about Bang Bang by uh, Green Day. But yeah, so I, 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 I like this song. I, I was uh, really sh- surprised. I, yeah. I, think it's, I don't know. What do you think about it? I um I I've listened to it a few times actually today and I really should do like it. The first time I heard it, I felt like it was like way too long for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you can get rid of that little like intro with the like the talking under it, even though the bass is there, which is I, cool. I think you could. Um, uh, I feel like there's, if, there's if that like were a, a single, I would have taken it out, but I feel like that could be cool if it was in the context of an album. Maybe yeah. I just feel like there's a verse or like a chorus too many in this album, this song, in the song. Like. Uh. I really loved the second chorus, the I wanna be a celebrity butter. Like that's the catchiest fucking shit oh, ever. Yeah, but the thing great. is it doesn't come until later in this in the song, and I feel like either it needs to be earlier or just save it for the end. I don't know. It's it's weird. Mm. It's like yeah, there's something in the middle of it. And no, it's, there's, there's I'd, agree, I'd agree that there's like a little bit of editing that could have been done. There's like a br- I don't I think, think it's like cool, I don't think but, it ruins the song or anything like that, but I think that um it's like a I flow, think that this song, song is like a seven, maybe. Yeah. And I think with a little bit of proper editing it could have been like a nine yeah. like if you made it really economical well yeah, there's something yeah there's like a it doesn't have like this perfect flow of like this boom explosion at the end yeah which i feel like it, it could totally i think there. i think the way you want to have it is have like you want to i don't the, want like the simple song structure thing i just know what like, you what you want is you want the fake out to then the real like really catchy chorus right the real the real bubblegum shit like because there's like there's one chorus but, but right now the way it is it's too that fake out is too long but the fake out itself is still cool <laughs> so you just need to have without that intro uh that would already shorten out the fake out and then you get to that point quicker it's good in both ways i think it's just yeah like for the single you should just not have this like there's, radio there's that kind of like indian Oh, towards the end of the bridge. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's like my favorite part. But the thing is, is like, I just want to go to somehow, something needs to happen with that. I want to be, it's the most catchy thing I've written in years. (laughs) And so it was just like, uh, yeah, but it's cool. It's not a bad song. I think you're right. It could have been a nine when it's a seven. I I think uh, one of the things that really helps get this back to what makes green day good is they turned the bass back up on Mike Dern's guitar. I mean, that's something you can really hear in their last few albums. It, it certainly wasn't the driving force behind it. And now it's the, you know, it's the driving force. It kind of was on like holiday, but kind of a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. well, I, I'm kind of saying since American oh, okay, idiot. Okay. I think American idiot did a, I mean, it, it was definitely lower than it had ever been, but it still was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like, think about like 21 guns. Like what's the Mike Durant bass part in that? I have no you idea. know, <laughs> but I don't know. They were always a great band live. They like yeah, famously they outplayed Super Blink every night on energetic. the pop disaster tour. That's what everyone said. They remind so. me a lot of like, uh, the kind of like the modern day who, you know, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, the Who's kind of inconsistent, you know, but mm-hmm. they're always have tons of energy and so what, and what's Blink then if if Green Day is a modern day Who? Did you say it's like they're like Cheap Trick or something like that? Oh yeah, totally, a hundred percent Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah. I think no, that's, I'm that's actually that. that's really good. That's you like, you that's were the one that said that to me, I think, or somebody. Did, did. I say that? It sounds like something I would say. <laughs> Like I would just text That's really you. Good, Ryan. It sounds like, like I'll just take credit. It sounds like something I would have just like text you in. Like I think Cheap Trick was like the I think, first. I feel like no one cares about Cheap Trick anymore, though. Kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, something bigger than that. They're pretty dang good, though. <laughs> I like Cheap Trick a lot. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, you got, you got Jimmy World, Get Right, Green Day, Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I was like, we can't just do two songs. It needs to be right. a third one. And I know I was like, let's do some 41. We were like, yeah, it's been too long since that came yeah, out. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to talk about Joyce Manor because I always <laughs> want an excuse to talk about this band because they're like not that big. And yeah, they you should sh- listen. To I them. really want them. I feel like they could be like one of the biggest bands. <laughs> um, and they released uh, an album, a new single, a new, new single, um, but also like a- announced an, oh, okay. a new album. Um and to go along ID. with it, I did. They did. I think their first music video. Um, at least like yeah, maybe fake ID. Yeah, it's I, I think it might be. Mm. Um, they're. I mean, they've been around for a minute. Like they've done a few albums, but their thing is like they're basically like pop punk, um, distilled into like nineteen minute albums usually. <laughs> yeah, and each song is like one to two minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like so fucking energetic. Where yeah. it's they basically they feel like complete songs. It's just like gone through so yeah, fast. Yeah, or like you said that one time, like it's almost like like maybe this is like a full like a chorus. Like this whole song is a chorus. Or this yeah, whole song is like a one song will just be like a bridge. You know. <laughs> yeah, their their albums are definitely like ones you listen to as like a I whole, listen to yeah. as a whole, and it's easy to do because it's like listening to one of their albums is sort of like listening to like one Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyway, so, so they, they came out with a new song, um, that I, I, I think is fucking awesome <laughs> and, uh, a music video. That's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. Pretty know? good little cute video. Like definitely um, like on the cheaper end, but it was thought out and really done really well. Yeah. Know? So I, I, you know, kind of putting this all in context, bird's eye view, I think that this might look back like be looked back on as a summer of a bit of a resurgence for pop punk. <laughs> I, I'm Which si- has been going on, but now it's just, it's I'm like, si- I mean, it I mean is, like just sure. imagine what you know historians are gonna say about the summer of twenty sixteen. <laughs> you know, some forty one came out with a an album or a song yeah, uh, that sounds soon. like it's you know very promising. It sounds like it's gonna be a good album. Mm-hmm. Blink came out with a you know return to form kind of thing, like mm-hmm. reviews tons of sales yeah um green day doing this thing that i i feel like all the response has been pretty positive of this yeah, sounds yeah. like a, a solid jimmy world album and uh then like you know this newer breed of shit with like joyce manor and i think was there a modern baseball album recently Modern baseball there was like that album that mark produced the pause album yeah the pause i mean the uh, yeah so like all, that kind all of kind of generations of this style like fid- of, like last year was like fiddler's new album and yeah. stuff and it just seems like, I don't know, maybe, you know. No, it's great. It seems like it might be a thing. Is that- it just sucks when you go to a show for these new bands and you're the oldest person there. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have your fake ID, right? Yeah, right. Like- I think that's what the, the song is about, the Joyce Manor song. Yeah. Um, I think it's about him trying to relate to his fans who are just slightly younger than him. And, mm-hmm. and you know, my, can't you know he's maybe like 26 or whatever, but like they're some of his fans are like 19 and then like <laughs> or or 20 younger, yeah. or something. It's just like under the age of drinking and like the weird things that that would. Well, create. yeah, I went like you said the same thing. I went to a Joyce Manor show last Christmas and it was like, the under 21 side was the biggest I've ever seen at a show. <laughs> at like a, like a, and it was, um, I was like, yeah, oldest person there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you should check them out uh and also if you i mean jimmy and green day the pop disaster trio right here you gotta listen to those songs yeah. they're great especially especially the jimmy song they uh they're the best they're good guys too you know <laughs> like, like i'm best friends with them <laughs> no i've uh it, that's what's cool living in phoenix and not here anymore but not, yeah. not living in phoenix but it was cool running into those guys all over uh arizona it was awesome 
Yeah, that sounds neat. I I remember going. I've been to <laughs> it shows because I think I, people... I remember going to shows like like very small shows, you know, with twenty people, and like he's there, and it's like, oh, hey, this gym. Yeah, it was. They're cool. I remember one time running into the drummer Zach Lynn at a um, place called Amazing Jake's, which is like like a <laughs> fucking like pizza and like like bring your kids to play on like games and like bowling and shit like that. Right on. And um, sounds fun. This is way off subject, and we're never going to get to this damn t- t- thing. But there was a yeah, we're about thirty minutes in. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, well, I'll make it quick. So we were at this this amazing Jake's, and we see this guy, and I'm like, I think that's a drummer of Jimmy World. And my friend Tyler at the time goes up to him and goes, "Hey, are you in a band?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and he goes, "Jimmy Eat World." Yeah. And then Tyler <laughs> points in his face and screams, I knew it! <laughs> right to him. What? Yeah. Oh my He's like there gosh. with like his family, it looks like. Is this or the something. Tyler that I'm thinking yeah, of? Yeah, it is. Oh man. And God, I, what are you he doing, broke the Tyler? ice, though. I was able to go up real quick and go, just like, oh, hey, man. Uh, you know. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part going, I knew it! Ugh. He, like, it, like his face, like, just like <laughs> exploded. <laughs> It's like nobody knows who this guy is. He's the, you know, but it's just, yeah. But anyway, wow. wow. So we'll do someday. We'll do a, a good ass, um, yeah, Jimmy World uh, episode, and yeah, we should do Green, Green Day too. You know? Any of them? It's yeah. all up for grabs. <laughs> Once we anything just... on the Pop Disaster Tour is canon. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we can watch um, oh, uh, man, Riding in Cars be, with Boys. That'd be a good. Is that the new one? Riding in Vans with Boys. Riding in Vans with Boys. I'm just future episode title. Pop disaster is can pop disaster is can- was canon. <laughs> Could be the name of this one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, well, so we should maybe see what's going on with our buddy up in the spaceship. Uh, wait, what, what about the grab bag? <laughs> was that that's gonna be after this? Oh, okay. Oh god. All right. <laughs> Check in. That's for the end. Remember uh, what's up with Tom? Used to play guitar and sing for Blink-182 But he wanted to move on and do something new Now he's writing books about a government conspiracy Questioning the notions about our reality We just want to know What's up with Tom? So we saw it! We saw the movie! Yeah, we saw The Pursuit of Tom Tone Pursuit of Tone The Pursuit of Tone um, yeah, um, was this an advertisement or was this like a? There was. Remember, we pointed it out. <laughs> there was like, <laughs> there was that quick thing where he was just like, "Yeah, I use this guitar and then these Ernie Ball uh, slinky." It was uh, one of my favorite moments of the film. Uh, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, uh, this guitar is just the semi hollow body. It really gives it sound like an, a full acoustic." And then, and there was like, the, I feel like you had that th- moment where it's just an obvious cut, like, and then you have these strings, the Ernie Ball ten, <laughs> and it really gives me like, a, like that. <laughs> Well, it was just like I mean, it was spo- of course it's sponsored by them. It yeah. needs to be in there. Fine, what? I, yeah, I wasn't. I even think, yeah, I wasn't like fuck this, you know. Yeah. Like I was just. Well, I want to thank obvious. before we get into it. I want to thank um, hashtag the hype on Reddit. He's the one that posted a good. Uh, he he didn't fuck around with no YouTube links. He just put up a G G Drive Google Drive link like a pro, mm-hmm. like a real pirate, real MVP, and, and I was able to just real download pirate. it from him. And uh, we watched it, <laughs> so thank you, thank you. Hashtag and um, yeah, hope, hope you listen. But anyway, uh, yeah, we watched it. We were, I was, we were looking forward to it. There was yeah. some kind of interesting. We had we had a little screening. Um, should we should we describe our our viewing uh, situation for the film? <laughs> we watched it on a TV on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> you yeah, had some coffee. We had some coffee. I had a Marion Berry scone. <laughs> I had some water. <laughs> it was a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there was some old Oreos on your there coffee some, table. Some day old Oreos that were like melted because of the heat, this heat wave that yeah, came we through had this Portland. Awful heat wave. So they were they're falling apart. Usually Oreos stay together, but these <laughs> just like you pick them off and you don't have to pull them apart. Yeah, I remember during the film you reached for one and and pulled and it was half like, of it. It was half of it, and you looked very like despondent. Because <laughs> I'm not usually someone to put like people. Pulling apart yo yo-yos, pulling apart Oreos and eating them like yeah. each part separately, overrated. Savages. You gotta just eat them. It is kind of gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, but the beauty of the Oreo is is all of the f- the <laughs> textures and flavors in that order. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I get. I mean, you can pull them apart if you want, but it's overrated. So this was uh for you know uh, sponsored by Ernie Ball, but it felt like a real film. It didn't feel a like bit, yeah. I was actually surprised at how little. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. like I feel like aside from that well, very obvious moment, it didn't really talk about Ernie Ball at all, and it was really f- talking about Tom DeLonge, and, and yeah. it kind of seemed like a bio of him a little bit. But the thing is, it's it's not really. I guess it is a bio if it's told by the person, right? Or is it autobiography? Yeah, an autobiography is like if I write it about myself. All right, so it's more of an autobiography instead well, he, of a biography. He didn't, he didn't write it. Well, no, he's telling the stories, though. It's all based off his own stories and experiences. Like, it's but, not like, but it's not made by him. So, and like true. lots of times on biographies, it's, you know, like the Steve Jobs one. It's based off just him talking to Steve Jobs forever. True. But the distinction is that, like, he didn't like direct and produce this film, you know? Yeah. But he's like the kind of the, the main face of it really. There's not like, yeah. Uh, there's not like an author, like there's not like an interviewer you're hearing him. Yeah. Like that'd be different. He is the only voice of this movie, which is interesting. And I'm trying to think of like other I don't know, music documentaries that really yeah. do that in a way. Um, I guess going into it, I was kind of expecting it. You know, you said like it was a commercial for Ernie ball. I was expecting more of like a technical, um, and Tom's not a technical guitarist, but more yeah. just like about the guitar was really what I was kind of, I've watched um, some sort of, of these, looking forward to some of these other ones and they are, mm-hmm. and I wonder if the, this wasn't just because there isn't a lot Tom has to say on that subject, especially when he was talking about guitars and it was really like, this is just cool. Like I just thought this looked cool was most of his thing. Like, yeah, especially, um, and this is not the, I feel like I'm already getting like pounding on Tom right now. Um, but it was like uh him like talking about like pedals, like and just yeah. like was really cringy to me in a way. Oh, really? Just because of him just Well like, what did you what what did you think about this? Sorry, sorry to back oh, up. That's but, cool. but so before we get into kind of the, the nitty gritty of this, mm-hmm. um you know, you have a movie podcast, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know EmpireJenny.com. C- c- could we say you're in the film industry? Um, at least in the video production industry, maybe not film, but video production film industry, pro- film production, video production, video? it's not film anymore because well, yeah. it's digital. Yeah. Well, so is everything the video production industry? I think a film constitutes like movies, movies, like movie movies. All right. All right. Well, whatever you're in the biz. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I think your opinion carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this as a, as a well, documentary, as a film? Um, I think there's really parts, especially for being a fan, that are really in, really great. Um, and there's parts that aren't, like I kind of fall flat or lose focus. Um, I think the first maybe third of it is actually really interesting and kind of him just like talking about like influences and 
going around San Diego and all the fucking bullshit he did was really pretty interesting. Um, him just like getting into like, you know, talking about like, damn it was interesting. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, the, you know, sh- showing just, uh, there's only like a couple, not, not enough of this stuff, but like video of like him and Mark, like in like, looks like Mark's kitchen or something like singing yeah. a song and Mark goofing off. Like that stuff's really interesting and really dynamic and it gets pretty interesting. And then um, it kind of goes through like these albums a little bit too fast, but you know, I get it. It's an hour and a half. Can't you want to cover a lot of ground, right. but they waste a lot of time when it gets into yeah. what Tom has been doing and the, and the motivational speaking Tom kind of coming out as yeah. far as like what I'm doing and why it matters. Right. And the thing is, is that stuff could be there. But it should be at the very end of this thing. Yeah, is a wrap up of like this is yeah. what Tom's at. It, now. The, the pacing of it, I think, is like ruined. It, it is about halfway through, and it gets almost boring like, again. Just as like a film, I'm not like yeah. Tom is a garbage. Yeah, like I, I, I kind of wanted to bring this up in the beginning because I just thought it'd be good to talk about it. Like on the one hand, is like how is this just like as a documentary, and then how is this as like a Blink well, fan kind of thing? You know, I think it has a little bit as a documentary. I think it has. A little bit too much of just, I mean, which is, it's actually pretty raw, I would say. Yeah. It's just a lot of just straight up Tom talking. Yeah. Like there's not like covered in B roll. So it's like, which is kind of cool because you're, because usually why you have B roll, like, like if you don't know what B roll is, it's like footage over the, the main footage. So like Tom is the A roll, B roll would be like him skateboarding or like walking around his fucking yeah, office. Yeah, Tom sure is the A roll. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what it is. And usually you have B roll, it's to, you know, like have it go with what he's saying. And it's also just a little secret for you. It's to cover up edits. Like mm. you do that to cover up, cover so you up can, your mistakes, not, not your mistakes. It's the person talking's mistakes or to make them sound like they're saying something that they're not. Mm. That's why you have that. It, it, we call it Frankenstein dialogue in a way. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of it's done in the news and you know, you're hearing somebody talk on a microphone, like yeah. being interviewed in the stuff Yeah, that gets cut up. And then they show footage of like the car crash behind yeah. it, um, and that's done with documentaries all the time. And I so, call it Frank- and there's that's not happening. That's not happening in this. So it's actually pretty like for being someone interested in Tom, it does have like an interesting pull to it, which right. is. Uh, but it also gets to the point where like it can be. I think like it'd be boring for somebody to didn't really understand what like know him really yeah. that well. So so I think. Um, Sorry if that was kind of an explosion of. That was my film knowledge by Ryan. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, no, I, I, I think the viewers, the, the viewers, God, I always say the viewers, <laughs> listeners are going to love it. Um, I, I think uh, it's, it's, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's him, you know, in, it's, a, it's, in a way that, that I've never, I can't think of another film I've seen that's just about one person so much. And it's just and yeah. only their voice. Mm-hmm. There's no narrator. There's no, you know, I'm thinking of a, movies like that Kirk Cobain HBO documentary that came out a while ago. I mean, that was great. And it was, only, that was super great. It was only about Kirk Cobain, but the montage of heck. That's fucking montage great. of heck. Yeah. That's a beautiful, even it's just a like a, just movie. a beautiful made movie. But yeah. So it's about one person, but you know, tons of voices, you know, we're going on, you know, hearing from all kinds of people um but so anyway so yeah i just can't think of a film that's like not only about one person but only hearing from one well, person and and that i think uh is the most interesting thing about it from like a film perspective i, I think it's sort of like 
I don't want to say like the only thing good about it, but I, th- I feel like that's like if if I were to think about this away from just like what it is uh, or as a Blink fan, I would think about it like this is kind of an interesting the thing that this has going for it as a movie is that it's just I, I can't think of anything else that's so singularly about its topic well, and only allows its voice. The thing is for me, like it's one of those things where it's not like I don't think like I mean, maybe there was like a, I mean, the director said that there was maybe the guy that did the Blinkumentary was involved in a way or produced yeah. it or something. I don't think that there was like a filmmaker of, of put, like trying to like yeah. do something with this. It is literally Ernie an Ernie Ball advertisement yeah. in a way. So this type of thing could have been, I think it's like they probably showed almost everything they shot in this video. I feel yeah. like, yeah, like, uh, and documentaries shoot days of footage and yeah. cut it down to an hour and a half. This is probably, you know, the, he was wearing the same clothes most of the time. It was probably shot over a weekend and be honest, probably could have been cut down to a half an hour video, a movie. Right. Um, uh, they've been a really like pretty impactful, like almost like a TV show, uh, like 45 minute long yeah. thing. Um, that's why it starts losing its pacing. I think we're both in agreement that it's like not a particularly good like just film on its own. But I think but there what, are some good shit. What what I think is interesting about it is it's like complete devotion to its topic and um whether or not there was some like person who set out to do this, it's just interesting to like see that in a movie mm-hmm. for like it's just interesting seeing an hour and a half of like just one person yeah. in one person's mind so much. Mm-hmm. Um and I think uh, to sort of transition into the, you know, the, the meat of this, um, the mind that we get into is like interesting. I think that the, the person, you know, this is about the person of Tom DeLong yeah. and I think he's a pretty interesting person. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I think that sure. this, this movie, um, kind of explained him to me. Um, it kind of, I feel like, to, you know, it kind of confirmed some things I might've had suspicions about, mm-hmm. um, so what do you think about how this, you know, are you walking away from this feeling any different about him um, as a person? Do you feel like you learned kind of more who he is? Not necessarily. It's almost confirming things in a way. Uh, right. So, well, way. so, so, and I kind of feel the same way. So what do you think, what is it confirming for you um, about him as a person? Well, it's... It's stuff that sometimes you can't blame a person for. Of just like someone that wants to control, like basically was not trying to say it, but like you know wanted full control of his situation, right? You know, either whether it be you know making the Blink One Eight Two or doing whatever he's doing. I, th- I think um, something that shines through in this that's kind of been hinted at, and I, I just think it's really clear that he's. Um, uh, I, I hate to say like come negative right off the gate, but this is just a negative quality. Um, it seems like kind of a diva, you know, like he, he is a little bit, but maybe he doesn't know it. And also well, they never isn't trying it. to be a diva or something. No one's yeah. trying to be I, true. I, I mean, he just is. I mean, I think it goes back to our episode. Um, we did forever ago where I was like, I think Tom might've had this because he, at such a young age became so famous. And I think he might just not be aware of like when he, demand something that it's like other people are having to, you know, mm. cause he just wouldn't have ever would have had all these yeah, like yeah, yeah. major label people like, yes, of course. Well, you know, well, it's kind of interesting cause he wanted it like, just kind of skipping ahead a on the documentary, but he talks about like how like, Oh, we have the studio in the back of here and we can just like make something and put it out real quick, which is kind of like, uh, how things are now in a way, yeah. like the way media is, um, 
which can be good, I think, in some capacities. Uh, but you, at the same time, it's like some things take a lot of time, like, you know, like especially music, I think. and Like their biggest selling album, the self-titled album. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, which is <laughs> fucking great. That took a year. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I mean, in other things too, but it's almost um, like it's easier to just do that, to like put something out. Like I made this fucking last night and put this out. If it's just you as a team, it's harder to do that sometimes unless you're like fucking on the same little level. All on, you know? all on like really exactly the same level. And also, you can't have the push and pull of like a Paul McCartney and a John Lennon and have a release. Well, I guess <laughs> like they did do that. I mean, huh? just they to, did have a really to relate to it in a way. It's like <laughs> us two doing this, like, you know, we're both busy and like, you know, right. like some might not, the episode might not get out on, on the day. You're always trying to. to add delay to my vocal effects. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing. Like we like, we could t- definitely put this out tomorrow if we wanted to, right. but we want to do some editing and maybe see if there's something that's shitty that we want to take yeah. out. Yeah. And, uh, maybe like we listen to something like three days from, yeah, this has happened. You know, we were <laughs> recording and I'm like, huh, that was great. Oh, see you later. Right. And I listened to like part of him like, Oh God, <laughs> Cut it out. No one's ever going to hear it, you know, like that. Uh, well, it's just the thing is, it's a similar thing. Like, it's, it takes, some of those things take time, but, and I get it. Like, it's nice to be able to do things fast and put it out, especially today. And, um, but at the same time, it's like, is Tom doing that? Like, he's talking about yeah, it. His, amazing. his release schedule hasn't been, you know, if you, if you think about, okay, where did, where was Tom post the recent breakup? This and where a- was Blink post the recent breakup? They've put out roughly the same amount of, songs he just doesn't want to depend on anybody yeah and, no, yeah uh, and i think that's that's kind of what's confirmed in this video it's really why. clear so to, so the movie kind of begins with talking about his his childhood um growing up in san diego which is something that uh you know for i lived in san diego until i was three you know so i have a um you know no memories of it when i lived there um, but most of my extended family lived there. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, I didn't move that far away. So I've I, grown up, like I'm very familiar with San Diego. And so him kind of talking about his childhood experience is very similar to mine and, and looking at, um, seeing the picture of his house, you know, um, that's like, that could have yeah, been it, it the looks house. Like, that could have been the street I grew it up It looks in. like Arizona. And it's, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Also, you know, the, the Southern California experience, I think is very similar to the, you can quote Frank Ocean again for that. Southern California, just like Arizona. <laughs> just, I'm butchering it. Um, but yeah, so, but it's like this weird thing though. Um, you know, you don't really realize it when you're a kid, but like nowhere else is like that. Like you just think that's normal. But, yeah, but that's what the Southwest looks like. Yeah, um, That's what the, yeah, the house, like neighborhoods, if you're not next to the beach or like next to in downtown, that's what those houses look like. Right. And, and so he, but unlike me, grew up in definitely like a, a, a you know, a broken home, it sounds like. And, but not like, and, and I think this like, is something that's kind of, well, before you, I, I, I'm going to say, I think this is something that has really affected him and kind of is the, it seems to me like explains a lot about why he is the way he is. Well, I feel like we're still getting down on him, but there's some really great stuff going on in this. There is. It kind of starts off strong. I feel like in him, like talking about the records he listened to. And, and I think one thing it kind of also confirms in a way is that it doesn't seem like Tom listens to that much music 
No. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is definitely yeah. We talked about this too. Yeah. Well, I think he doesn't listen to much music except for the punk stuff. I think he's still excited about that stuff. Like today is. Uh, I he seemed pretty dang excited about it in the music. Or I feel like he documentary. Maybe just yeah. I mean. You, Maybe, yeah. He's excited about it. Like, who he used to listen That's to. It. That was, like, the most excited he seemed in the movie. Like, he was very serious most of it and mm-hmm. kind of like, meh, 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 meh. But, yeah. But that he was like, oh, yeah, no effects. Like, ah, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, he talked about a lot about, like, seeing no effects at shows and talking about, like, skate magazines and, like, the... And a lot of this, you know, he kind of framed it as, like, things... I think he said uh, one of one of the most powerful moments in the movie I thought was, like, really good, you know, just it was really cool was when he was like, I got a skateboard because it was just something that would take me away from my home. Oh, that was good. Yeah. And I, uh, like, yeah, it was like the the first car. This is the kind of things where where I'm saying, like, I think the, his, his upbringing, the circumstances, I, I, I don't mean that to sound as serious as like the abuse is what, you know, I, I just mean like, I think the circumstances of his youth have very much affected who he is today. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that this movie, um, I don't know. It just kind of made me realize. I, I at least made me draw some hypothetical connections in my mind. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, it was. I thought that was interesting. Like it was. I mean, at the same time though, it's like. I mean, a lot of people get divorced and type of thing, and you know, it is impactful for a lot of people and stuff. Especially being right. like you know, eighteen or seventeen, whatever he was when that happened, is like whoa. Um, but he talked about that. Like you know, parents are just you know. Like, and he's talking about, like, when he's talking about skits together for the kids, that's just like right. parents are, don't know what the fuck's happening as well. I, th- like I think it was do, you know? more than just that was parents getting divorced. Like, he just because I, he never really makes reference to his dad, you know? True. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I've, anyway, I, I always get the sense, I mean, uh, God, I don't want to like say, mm-hmm. I just, I always get the sense there was something more to it than just a divorce, yeah. you know, going on. But well, maybe, maybe it was just that, you know. But. Never know, you know. But uh, either way, it seems like he really it was affected. And he, he growing up, he talks about. So he talks a lot about like all the pranks he did. Yeah, that was like it was crazy. Uh, scenes. It was crazy. Like some of it, I feel like for a while it was like ha 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 ha, and then it was like oh oh god. god. <laughs> I was. I think I made a joke when we were watching it, like because he was like, oh yeah, this is where we like shove firecrackers in the mailbox. Uh, yeah, this is where we like uh, fill off that roof one time. This is where I fill off that roof. Like uh, oh yeah, this is where like I stole like a bunch of stuff from the pawn shop and i was like i, I think i like leaned over and was like was he gonna be like like oh yeah this is where i shot a guy just to watch him die <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got pretty but the thing is it's pretty like nothing too intense but just like yeah like definitely it, like like he says at the end like that that i thought was a good moment in the film because because it was kind of like uh it started out as funny and then the, it did have this moment where i was thinking like oh jesus like you're kind of an asshole and then he says like I was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, but the thing is, I knew kids like that. You know? Yeah, I, I was that. I was definitely. I wasn't. I don't. I wasn't ext- as extreme as him, but I did like a bunch of stuff that was awful. Um, I was usually the and, Chucky Finster and, in that situation with people. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's a good idea, guys. Like, yeah, I was that he was, guy. What, who he would he have been the Tommy? Yeah, like, like the Tommy. So I was probably like a Lil or a Phil. <laughs> that's probably where I was. Uh, I, uh, I did, I related though to like, he, he, he talked about being a kid and just wanting to, the the whole point of being punk, you know, which is something he talks about a little bit later and throughout the film is like being different and just being yourself and like letting, like the idea that like everyone is fucked up and like, just 
don't be afraid to show that you're fucked up because everyone's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And like acting out in these weird ways to sort of express yourself. Um, like I relate to that. Like I, especially growing up and just like, you don't know what to do with this energy. So you just like TP what like a, a major base player, baseball player's house. Um, like a Padres player or something. Yeah. Which he like loves the Padres now. So I wonder <laughs> he's probably regrets that. I wonder if that's the one that made him be like, Oh God, I really was an asshole. <laughs> what a monster. Well, yeah, like it was interesting. I talked about that and went into a little bit like of him, you know, meeting Mark and he talked about Scott, which was cool to hear like talk, I'm talking about Scott yeah. a little bit. Yeah. How he was just saw like him play like a battle of the bands at school and was kinda like, you know, like well, this well, he, good. Well he uh just to wind back just a bit, um, because it was one of my like mm favorite things is so you, so you have this kid he's basically grown up in this environment he's acting out just doing weird shit and he goes oh, I remember that. okay he goes to uh uh portland oregon <laughs> i'm now claiming blink as a portland band yeah. uh he goes to portland oregon and to visit like a cousin or a to friend visit or his cousin and his cousin is like uh hey you know just hang out with my house world while i'm at school and while he's there he said he had a few records they were like descendants all like the spinoff band mm-hmm. from the the boxcar racer for descendants basically <laughs> and um you know some other like punk you know icon yeah, iconic, yeah. Like, clash and shit and an electric guitar and he was like oh my god i discovered punk um and i was like this is portland this is uh yeah so i am now hometown hero blink 182 <laughs> hey he said that, that like changed his life and came back home and if if it weren't for uh that you know blink might not have existed <laughs> maybe uh, not it sounded like that was what got him into punk music. And, mm-hmm. you know, at, at that time, you know, you didn't have the internet. All you had was the weird cousin with the, the weird fucking Descendants collection and spinoff band. You know, he's so into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, so he comes back and he's like, all right, this is what I'm going to do now. This is where I'm going to channel the energy. You know, uh, turns out maybe making art is better than TPing uh, Padres houses and um, quickly forms, you know, a bunch of bands one of which is Blink. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they get into like Mark and Scott. There's that great like video from them doing the song Transvestite, I think. Was it? I think that's, a, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like at the kitchen table? Yeah. <laughs> With uh, Cam Jones. Is that who that was? Yeah, the uh, bass player for uh, apparently Flyswatter. Oh, was wow. It was talked about. There was a article in the... Oh, shoot. I should have pulled this one up. There was an article in the subreddit <laughs> about who is the guy in the kitchen table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, this guy, Cam Jones, who played bass on Flyswatter. Mm. Um, do you know about... Do you know about? Yeah, that? I said like something like Mark was like gone or something like that yeah or? he kind of left the band for a little bit because he had this situation of like oh my the girlfriend the girlfriend yeah which people are like really like quick to hate on her but like i it's get the start it. of a band you're like trying to you know yeah i get it that you're like oh she tried to ruin blink but like put it in her shoes like this is like a 20 year old guy in a punk band and it's just like hey like I, if I want to be serious with you, I want you. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't feel like that's unreasonable. And then for he, wrote, he was able to write a bunch of songs about it. So fuck you guys. Yeah. You would. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What was my age again? About. You think he was gonna? Like yeah. You, yeah. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> oh my god. People are. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. What's my age again? Is totally about her. <laughs> oh, that's the best thing I've heard all day. <laughs> Just we're gonna shut down the podcast. We're done. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> wow. That's like some lost shit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
So yeah. Anyway, it gets into it. They like finally like first of all, music wise, we want to touch on this a little bit. The music that's been playing so far in this documentary has all been either Tom Solo stuff or Angels and Airwaves. And then we finally got was it Eminem's that played or was another uh, Cheshire song played a little uh, bit. Eminem's, yeah, it was Eminem. Yeah, which was cool. I was like, yeah. oh sweet, Mark's Mark voice is yeah. in this. Yeah, stoked about it. Damn it, too. Damn it, played. Dumpweed was in there. And um, I, you leaned over to me while we're watching this for a reason, for like, <laughs> or wait, no, was this me? Damn <laughs> it. I think I said. Uh, I don't know who said it, but our theory was that the reason it was um, so heavily a with boxcar. It was a little boxcar, but, but as far as the music they played, it was really like late AVA um, and then some early Blink and then Tom Solo stuff. And we were like, it's probably like budgetary, like license. We thought that they probably couldn't afford to have the yeah. like a lot of Blink songs, especially so, untitled stuff. So it basically goes through his career. Um, I think it does a pretty good job of going through, um, you know, Dude Ranch, Enema. A little um, bit. Yeah, it kind of touches on everything a little bit. Like it's yeah. it, I think for guitar people, it's nice. It would have been nice to even get a little bit more, you know. And I, I, That's a different. Documentary I think that though. yeah, it's a different movie, you know. Maybe in that, and maybe they, you know, the expectation is there because this is for gear that it's going to be more of a gearhead movie. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that I, it's not is I, I don't think necessarily bad. Like I, no. this, I think this is a movie about Tom, and I think it does a fairly good. Yeah, it, it was cool hearing about the story about Damn It and like how he like thought like this is we finally like figured it out Blink One Eight Two. Yeah, the, cool. I like, think there was a moment where we kind of looked at each other like, huh? Like <laughs> like he he sort of was said like they were trying to find themselves as songwriters and Damn It was the moment that he felt anyway that they that they sort of did and they and. I kind of had this moment like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, just yeah. the way it's structured. Well, just we just last episode about Cheshire and how it has this like lots of instrumental parts and there's lots yeah. of different punk sounds. I think going we, on I think we said it's the sound of a band trying to find its sound. Yeah, and then like yeah, he said like, damn it, was like the one where we finally like figured it out. Like this is what we're gonna do, and they kept doing it. You know, yeah, in some capacity. Yeah. Um. So that that was cool to hear. Um. And I, I liked his description of how he kind of saw his guitar playing evolve um, before uh, he started Angels and Airwaves, like like his run and blink, because he just never really talked about that stuff while he was doing it. And um, so I never really had a frame of reference for just how he kind of saw himself as a guitarist, what he felt like his role in the band was. And it was interesting to, to hear it, um, that, that he sort of saw it as like, well, at the beginning... Uh, I did a lot of riffs um, and then just like power chords and like solos, you know, and then it was like riffs and a lot of power chords. And he, he sort of felt that like in his run as blink anyway, he, he felt proud that he got away from doing just power chords and he was just doing more of it was just riffs and it Mm -hmm. was starting. That was the only part where I can musically see his Fugazi influence because Fugazi is like a punk band that never plays power chords and they do kind of riff throughout the whole song. Mm -hmm. And Tom, Tom did kind of gravitate to doing that. I mean, you know, you think of, um, I, you know, people don't give him a lot of credit for, you know, as a guitarist. And I get that in a, a lot of ways, he's not a technically proficient guitarist. He talks about like pl- finding something and playing it over and over again, like, you know, his whole nursery rhyme yeah. thing. And also, but like but, finding but, like the most catchiest, li- like, you know, 
six note thing and like yeah. playing it over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Well, and you think about songs, um, think about just the guitar work on the untitled album. It's not, maybe it's not like hard to physically play, but just writing songs like that on guitar, they're very interesting and there's not really, I'm, I'm with them there. Like as far as the untitled goes that like, there's not really a lot of power chords in there. It's all just weird mm-hmm. shit that he's doing, you know, like think well, of feeling a, this, like that is what other guitarists well, would do that. It's true. I mean, there's power, there's chords like, you know, but it's a weird riff. It's there's, not more. There's a lot of octaves. Yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of like, then you, you have stuff like, you know, go and, you know, I mean, those are the Mark songs though. I mean, his, his stuff. True. On yeah. There Mark is, is definitely is the ones that are like, they're just weird. Like a Stenia, um, you know, you know, it's just, just they're structured in a weird, like down and stuff. But well, one thing they talk a lot about Boxcar and how he thought it, you know, started the ripple in the band, which we've heard before. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Um, and you, you're not a big Boxcar person, but I liked it. Well, I, I, I loved it at the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just something that I think has aged about as well as AVA's mm. first album. Well, I don't know. I, it just, it's, you can tell, definitely see that influence that carried over to the untitled album. Like it's just songs writing is better in that album than it was maybe like i mean it was i think more mature than it would be compared to yeah um i think i think um for me boxcar is uh a little bit leans more into those tendencies like i think he made it for the same reasons he made we don't need to whisper which i think comes through in this album or Mm -hmm. in this uh film is that he wanted to prove something and what was interesting about the film is uh, now I feel like he didn't want to prove that for any reason other than he wanted to prove it to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think before I saw this, I, I did kind of feel like he wanted to prove, like he just got painted in the press as like, uh, I'm in the band with dick jokes. And he's like, no, I want to show everyone I'm a real artist, which mm-hmm. I understand that. I understand that impulse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he did boxcar racer. I think that's really clear. But, um, I think it it's really shows in this movie that he doesn't really care about fame. And he was really just, I want to do boxcar you know, which I think Mark might have gotten upset about is like, I want to prove this to the press and prove that I'm better. But I think what, you know, what Mark, if he had really understood how Tom felt, why it might have caused as much of a rift is I think Tom really just, this was something he just had to do himself. Mm-hmm. Like he, he honestly couldn't, I really feel like he can give two shits if like anyone even heard it that, mm-hmm. much, you know, just, he just wanted to know he could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of took took off, you know. It probably didn't expect it. To. And but I think that has, I think that that album has some of the bad impulses that doing something based on that has, which is where you're doing a lot of stuff that just seems like you're just trying to be serious for the sake of being serious. I think the lyrics in Boxcar Racer don't really age well for me anyway. Like they sound a little like just silly um well and, other and than lyrics of, the the melodies and stuff are always pretty good and stuff some of it yeah like. like i don't think it's bad i i guess i'm i'm not saying that i just i know i feel like i might be in the minority because i know a lot of people really love it mm-hmm. and sort of see it as almost as good as the untitled and i think the untitled is great you know 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. but um i think that this has in a way i think it has the seeds of both the untitled and the seeds of like all of together for the kids and stuff yeah, well, but but also I think you see the seeds of the future of Blink, but the seeds of the future of like what yeah. made Tom not great mm. afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like the bad impulses of Tom. I yeah. think this is also equally the seeds of that where um, 
it's kind of ironic because he talks about how the magic in veins is when you're having a push and pull. And I think the problem with this is the problem yeah. with kinda, is, is that there is no push and pull. It's just what he wants to do. Yeah, he kind of contradicts himself, I feel like, toward the end there. Yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, this has kind of the bad impulses, I think, of just someone getting his way entirely. Yeah. They, uh, it's interesting. And they kind of dived into, you know, him starting up with like Critter and it kind of like started repeating a little bit of the stuff you see in Start the Machine. Yeah. Um, it, like showed some of restart the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restart the machine. Um, restart the machine. No, but yeah, it was. Oh man, that'd be such a good name for a sequel, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it kind of oh, did that, that. That should be the name for the acoustic album. It's right? disappointing though. Yeah, it should be. Uh, it's too bad they didn't get into anything with Dreamwalker. They didn't do that. Touch on that. Yeah, at all. that that was like that was. Oh yeah, we, we didn't say anything about the. I guess that self title they just couldn't afford it. Like it's why they yeah, couldn't they do it. I, that's what we think. Oh, anyway. Okay. I mean, I you know a lot of people just felt like he was. A lot of people on the subreddit said like, oh, it's like he doesn't value it or whatever. And I just I have to think he does. I I think that um they just yeah they, to license that it would have been really expensive. Mm-hmm. So they probably did. Well, he, before we speak even farther, he talked about interesting point about like how like oh Mark always was cool with what we were doing or something like that or always felt content. He's what he said like right with what Blink was doing and not necessarily like wanting to like push it forward or something like that in right. a way like right which I, it's like like i could see that yeah but at the same time it's like i think the guy want would probably want to keep working with tom if he could you know yeah. kind of thing yeah i Just, think um i i, I think i think that tom it comes across to me anyway in this film is like someone who would take not doing everything i want to do as wanting to stay the same mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah think so i think that i i think that like they're i'm not trying to do like armchair psychologist or anything in this guy but <laughs> he, he's like a weird guy i mean and he says it like he's he's i i think that's another thing i learned as a as a, a pro in the tom uh you know pro and con list is that he's very self-aware and he knows he's a weird guy and i think it's it just really shows like what kind of weird he is in this movie and um I don't know. I feel like he, on some level, does kind of know he's difficult to be around. A little bit. But then he talks about, like, it, it kind of, the documentary goes off track and goes into yeah. the, to the stars stuff and then starts kind talking of about. his career does, though. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like hard. we're doing these movies and how many books I'm doing and this and this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he, like, kind of the last third of the film is him sort of saying, like, an artist can be anything now. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is. Cool. That's I mean, cool, yeah. yeah, you don't have to focus on just one thing. A lot of people, you know, you don't yeah. have to do that. But like, he talks about, well, we're a label and we do these movies. And it's just like, where is all that stuff? Like, it's just his th- yeah. three things, whatever they are, you know? But I don't I, know. I, I do kind of. I mean, it's nice to have two big, you know, like, you know, looking to the stars. Look, you know, that's the whole thing of his, you know? Right. Big dreams and stuff. But it's just like, um, but it's just when you spread yourself too thin, like it's I, I think, I think Tom, so this is my like grand thesis of, of this movie and like what I think about Tom now from watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that whatever reasons, you know, just his whole childhood circumstances, all of it. Um, he talks about getting into punk is like, I just want to do like, uh, what whatever I'm not supposed to do. Like, I just want to completely... Yeah, it's not about the sound or the music or something. Yeah. That's what he says. And he says that again for, like, when I left Blink. I just want to do, like, what no one else wanted me to do, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that he's the kind of person that likes that. Like, that, that just, like, likes doing what people don't want him to do. 
And I think he's, I think you can kind of pinpoint these moments in his life where he's just done that. And he's made these like massive pivots. And I think that, um, his, his absence of blink in that context, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I don't think it makes it quite as personal as like he hates Mark or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that he's, he's a profoundly unique individual and, I, I like I've very like he's like Prince or something like <laughs> like there's just no one like him mm-hmm. at all <laughs> and so I both understand why in his mind he feels the way he does and why he feels like Blink was not the right thing for him um, I understand why he got back with Blink I think um, but I also understand why Mark and Travis would be frustrated to no end mm-hmm. you know I don't know yeah, what do you, what do you think? About yeah, I totally agree. Like he yeah, wants to do the opposite. Basically, that's what the punk, you know, his whole th- theory is, you know, punk is just like, it's not about like, you know, fucking the, the drums and the loud music. It's just, you know, it's like the, the lifestyle or whatever of it. Yeah. He do you think that they pursue the tone of this? <laughs> Didn't they pursue the tone? Well, there was like about, a minute where they talked about the cabinets they used. Yeah, well, which I thought was just kind of interesting because it's just like, oh, this one's just so fucking cool. And then it's just like, yeah. and this thing just felt small to me. I wanted like something big. big. And I was just like, Ugh. and it, the one thing was interesting it while was watching pretty, it. It was pretty dumb, right? We're watching him like, hey, like talk shit about his little Stratocaster when just one foot to the left of my TV is my <laughs> Tom DeLong Stratocaster. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Yeah. He's like holding it like, oh, it's a piece of shit. And yeah, you're literally to the left of the TV was just sitting proudly, you know, the Tom DeLonge Stratocast. Yeah, it's out for in the open for everyone to see. <laughs> Is that like, Tom DeLonge's guitar? I'm like a shame curtain. <laughs> Don't look at it, guys. And then he was talking about like Is that pedals. violin? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a big guy. You need a big guitar for a big guy. Yeah, but well, well, he wasn't understanding he was, it. Was it the, the most important thing is like how it sounds. <laughs> also, uh, uh, Semi Hollow could sound great, and it did. It did sound great. In that video documentary, sounded cool. Like him playing like G- the Jim Adkins, the Jim Adkins signature model, which is what I essentially have. <laughs> I have like a uh, like kind of the same. The, model. I have the same model, but it's not the official. Like it's not officially that. It's just the features of it. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's it could be cool if it said Jim Atkins on right, it. It doesn't say Jim Atkins on it, but it's a semi-hollow telly to dual humbug. Anyway, uh, it's a, it is a good sound. You know, yeah. his problem later wasn't that it was the Vox. Uh, it wasn't the Vox. It was the the direct in. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. You know, if any of you guitar people or if anyone's curious about why his guitar sounded bad live, it's because he plugged it directly just into a lot the, of electronic y shit, you know. Not well he directed it directly into the, the PA mm-hmm. instead of putting a microphone next well, to it. Well it sounds looks like that's what they're doing now. Also blank. Like you don't really see a microphone set up on it. Uh they're definitely They've got to be miking. They they can't be miking it straight through. I don't know. That's just it's just like something that's not really done. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't do that. Uh, yeah, especially gearhead like, people. He did it. Yeah, and he's like the only one who did it. And that was like, if you listen to his his music, like his live stuff and like the reunion, that's why it's it just sounds like the bass and drums are just on a whole different like they're just happening in a different space than <laughs> the guitar. But they start talking about like pedals and just like, you know, these things just look so cool. And sometimes they do this. And it was just kind of like, it is like a really like, you know, childish look at this, which is interesting. It's kind of how he is. Right. But it was just like, he's not a gearhead. 
I don't think at all. I mean, I guess he likes his, I mean, maybe a little bit. He likes his, oh, the echo. Remember that? The or delay. the delay pedal. You, you said it's something, yeah. there was a joke you made. So, well, he, he sort of said like, when he said like, I, I, I wanted to leave Blink and I wanted to make this music. And he started going off about this like, kind of grand philosophy of music. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to say something really important. And I was like thinking like, as a joke, like, Oh, what is it going to be like? Uh, you know, cause he's like, Oh, I just want to make music to uplift. I wanted to do, find some kind of sound that would inspire people. And I was like thinking like, Oh, is he like, I want to make something with delay. Um, <laughs> I wanna, so I bought a delay pedal. So I bought a delay pedal. Um, <laughs> Well, and, yeah. and and so he's like, you know, yeah, so I just I just wanted to find some kind of sound and uh something that would be transcendental. So I uh I got this delay pedal. It's <laughs> like yeah, he said it. He said yeah. Yeah. The There's the point where he was talking about like how big bands did, like you too, and he said and uh, stuff like that. He and, said one of the the cringiest moments in the movie is when he said, uh I just felt like I was over small cool bands. Yeah, that's it. Small cool bands. <laughs> Could you imagine someone saying that to you at a bar? Ryan, I'm just like, can you imagine if I said that to you, like in the podcast? I would just punch you. <laughs> Ryan, I'm just like, oh, that would be the end cool of it. Bands. Just like, <laughs> was that I've been wanting to do? <laughs> <laughs> this is the last straw. <laughs> For six years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it was just like that kind of thing, like just like ah, I can't. <laughs> like no, so yeah, it was kind of like what? Like those bands at one point were small, cool bands. Yeah, you gotta start small and That's cool to, to get big and cool. He was like, so I just started listening to U2 and Coldplay. And like, you leaned over and you're like, you know, they were small, cool bands at one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably when they did their best work. <laughs> yeah, like Blink was a small, cool band. It became a big cool band. Yeah. Yeah. Or uncool band, whatever you want to put it. But yeah, <laughs> um I, I think it kind of goes back to some of the chip on his shoulder. Um, yeah. that I think that he wanted to be in I don't know. I just felt like he, he wants to be big, wants to be small, wants to be big. Wants, it's kind of this weird thing. It's contradict contradicting a little bit. Yeah. I, I but, feel like he's very he has a lot of self sabotaging impulses, maybe. You know? Yeah. It happens, the best of us. I, I hope that Coming out of this though, I just I do feel better about him in the sense that I feel like he's less selfish than I assumed, and I think that he, I guess like I understand why he might have done some of the shitty, you know, like no one ever thinks they're the villain, you know. It's kind of the thing where the more you learn about a bad guy, the more you don't kind of see them. Oh, no, it makes the, a good bad guy. Is a yeah. Is a, so I still like the bad guy. you know he's you know he's clearly he's the difficult. He, you know, he's the reason Blink broke up. You know, I think that's very clear, but um, I get it. I, I get why he's kind of is the way he is. And, and I kind of walked away with this hoping. I just hope he, uh, I hope he like someday realizes he doesn't have to be Radiohead to be an amazing artist. Mm -hmm. You know, he can be the guy who wrote all the small things and that can be the best song he's written so far. And that can be great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I hope that he kind of realizes that. Yeah, maybe. 
He did, he, like he told interesting stories and I kind of ended up going nowhere. He was kind of toward the end where he was yeah. just like, I met the guy uh, in the clash. Oh yeah. The clash. Yeah. And he was just like, and he said, Oh yeah. Tom, he's like, Tom, no, I'm Luke Wayne too. He's like, Oh, my kids love you kind of thing. Yeah. And then he went to like this whole thing with like Oasis and it didn't really like, how did that wrap up? It didn't even really do anything. Uh, yeah. He was like, well then I saw Oasis later and Oasis was like, you guys were great. And I was like, "That's so punk rock." You like yeah, I mean, the story—the story—it was an example I would file in in symptom of this guy has a massive ego and is kind of a diva. That story was just all set up to say that Liam Gallagher or whatever Gallagher or whatever he, um, from Oasis said, "I loved you. You were my favorite band from the states." But then know? he said, "Oh, you guys like us?" And he's like, "I didn't say that or something like that." Yeah, like, it was like, "No, just my favorite band in the U.S." <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all in all, uh. Someday we'll get a better blank documentary. Is there is there anything? Well, this wasn't meant to be a blank documentary. True, no, this, it was a Tom documentary. Is there anything we haven't? Oh, I, I, something I thought was very endearing was when he talked about how he wishes he had a better. He was better at communicating, kind of where he was at. Mm-hmm. Which, having seen this, um, I agree. Like, I think that he. I felt ever. You know, the stuff I've read from him since the blink breakup that he's kind of put out. I've just been like, oh, blink. God, this guy's an asshole. And I still think he's profoundly, you know, I'm trying to think of unique. Um, but I, I don't think he's necessarily malicious. No. <laughs> or quite as I, I I get that he's a diva and he get he he is egotistical, but I it's very clear it comes from a place of insecurity, I think. Yeah. And I understand that and it doesn't make me as I don't know. Upset about it. It's just like uh, he might be an NFP or maybe an ENFP, but he the if you don't know Myers Briggs sixteen personalities dot com. Uh, but like I think thing, I think I think uh, Ski would be an ENFP, but I don't think Tom. Well, is. INFP like their whole thing is I'm an INFP. Is that you, nothing? You're never happy with anything. Like yeah. you're always looking for the better thing. Yeah, nothing is ever content with yourself. Mm. Um. You always feel like there's could be a better, there's a better thing I can do with this thing, like this, right. this project. There's a better girlfriend out there. There's a better job out there. There's like always something better, <laughs> right? You know, so yeah. and know. so is part of that like acting on it. Like, do you, is it like lots of like just like because that's where I think I don't like, know if you act on it though. Maybe yeah, I feel, I feel like that's where it's probably some weird thing because yeah, maybe is a weird one. There's probably someone on the internet who knows. There's got to be some thing out there of what Myers Briggs type Tom DeLonge is. If anyone knows, know. you know, right? I know in. like Morrissey and Kurt Cobain are INFPs. Really? I don't think he's on that. Morrissey level. and Kurt Cobain. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ryan! I'm so sorry. Yeah, the struggle's real. I didn't know your life was that <laughs> awful. <laughs> The struggle is real. Well, um, you know, speaking of writing in, would this be a good time to <laughs> kind of wrap up and transition into? Yeah, um, let's do it. Uh, yeah, so I think we just come down from that spaceship, see what Tom was, you know, it's a major Tom. Yeah, we checked in with Tom. Um, you know, before we wrap up. Uh, yeah, why, anyone... why do we think of that ground control to major Tom? Uh, that's really good. <laughs> ground control to major Tom. DeLong. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, if anyone, uh, you know, like comment, I, I'd love to hear what other people, I was trying to look at some of the, I, I you know, I usually look to the Blink-Way 2 subreddit for discussions on things because it's been great lately. And um, I haven't really seen any kind of like 
big discussion on the film um, so much as a whole. Like I've seen kind of topics addressed. Mostly, yeah, just people like this is cool. Like they post that Mark thing, or they're yeah. like, uh, it's mostly just like, do you like Tom or not? Like that's all people yeah. talk about. Really. But I guess if anyone has kind of some more like uh, you know thoughts of what you thought of as a whole or any other things that weren't covered, I'd love to hear about it. So you know, we post it. Like please post comments. Like I'd yeah. love to see what some other people's takes on it are because it was pretty interesting. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of new information. I guess you know there there is um and a lot of stuff kind of just like brought forward yeah um but yeah let's uh I think we'll land this spaceship and uh check out what's in the mailbag and speaking of mailbag we had somebody send us um an idea our good friend James Duggan sent us this little song uh, so why don't I go ahead and pull out this theme song uh, by James Duggan. It's the first thing I'll pull out of the mailbag. Let's yeah. all have a listen. Here are letters from you about Blink-182, and we'll answer them right now. And I just think it's too good of an idea for you guys not to use, but, you know, totally up to you. Wow. wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a song. That's perfect. Uh, thanks, thanks, James, for that. That was that was really cool. That's gonna be it for now on. We might, have, yeah. Maybe we'll do a recreation, or we'll just play that clip over and over for every time. I don't. Yeah, the clip is pretty great. <laughs> uh, so what do we got in the mailbag, Ryan? Uh, I'm gonna Quite a roll bit. the bag over it's to you. It's pretty now. pretty big this week because um, we haven't uh, done yeah. this in see, a couple. I can, we I can barely see your your face right now. It's just covered. In <laughs> well, we haven't done this in a in a few episodes. It's been too long. Yeah, because we had you know Cheshire had a tweet. By Yo Johnny Mac. Yo Johnny Mac. Yo Johnny Mac. <laughs> and he said, uh, can I join your Blink Club? I still wear Atticus and my voice is powered by a Mesa Boogie. Oh, so I guess he wouldn't sound like that. It'd be more yeah, like, like Can I join your Blink Club? My voice comes from my Mesa Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can join. Yeah. Johnny the Mac or Yo Johnny Mac. Oh man, that'd be a sweet shirt. Like uh like just like the Blink Club, like a kind of like little <laughs> rascals kind of deal, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. really shitty, like old children. Like maybe like uh like the L is backwards, you know. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Get some shirts like that. We'll look into it. Maybe people can make them send to us. God damn it. I'm like, oh yeah, cool idea. Maybe yeah, uh maybe other people could do that and just give it to us. <laughs> So yeah, you could join our Blink Club. Uh, you have to know the high sign, though. You know that's a little rascal's reference. Um, but they're uh, looking down a little farther in the mailbag. Talking to the migrant. <laughs> Moving on from Twitter yeah, to SoundCloud. Oh. Uh, there's a comment on our episode number thirteen. My super sweet dream playlist, or whatever the hell it was called. No, super sweet dream set list. Oh yeah, this episode. is where you gave. Um, uh, I tried to go like the balance route and you tried to go like the, I want them to die of a heart attack exactly for a dream set list. And, um, Mr. 413 dream, uh, was on board. This is what he said. Hell yeah. He said, loving Ryan's set list, <laughs> but you lost me at all the small things. What a mood killer. Yeah. <laughs> really Total not. mood killer is what he said. You know what? I, um, my first reaction to that was like, fuck you. Uh, my, I've, I've gone full hipster now, right? The normal hipster opinion is like, all the small things sucks, it's pop. But now I'm like even more hipster beyond that. Where I'm like, guys, yeah, I don't hipster think... Hipster inception. Yeah, my opinion on all the small things, I feel like it's unappreciated because people... It's just overplayed. But I think it's a fucking great song. That's kind of what happened to me too. But, uh, but that was my first reaction. But my second one was, you know what? 
it does kind of ruin the mood that you set because you did have this breakneck pace. I guess I think right. it was like you got pathetic and like the party song and stuff. I don't like, think like, I had party song, but I had like this weird. Don't leave no, me. at you the end, don't. remember I had like, like yeah, like uh, it was like enthused yeah. and like a bunch of other weird. So it shit. does not quite fit. I guess, but I just felt like it needed to be there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was. I, I see where he's coming from, though. True. I, I get what he says when he means mood killer. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I agree. So my bad. What was was I think it was a dude. Four thirteen dream. Next thing. uh, This is sort of a corrections type of thing. Not necessarily corrections, but it was in the Reddit post uh, that I don't last episode. The Cheshire Cat one. Oh, is this about the demo? Yeah, which so I thought we felt I thought like we, we did. I, I think we we called it the short bus demo. I, I, I well, I, here's he, what he said. This is PB31. I'm pretty sure he's commented before. Yeah, he said not to be that guy again, but they I had. You know, it's a guy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm but they had one other demo prior to Cheshire, if only known as Demo Two, and it was unearthed by this guy Davy Jones. Check out on YouTube if you don't know it. Maybe your podcast could do a thing to finally direct some attention to it. Okay. All right. There are three songs on it that aren't anywhere else. Better Days, Untitled One, and Untitled Two. I'm pretty sure I've heard on Better Days before. Uh, it's on this. I mean, that's the only thing it's on. Oh well, and then he says, and for future reference, there is original version of Buddha with uh, Degenerate, Family Next Door, and Transvestite. They then released the Buddha promo sometime in 1997 or 98. He basically goes on this whole thing about the unti- the stuff that kind of what we thought we said was like cheshire was their first real album and the rest yeah. was demos i'm gonna say like, like like i uh yeah like i i think um i wonder if there was i wonder if he means an addition to the short bus or not but as far as I, I like as far as i understood it is there was the fly swatter and then the short bus and then buddha which when was which, your came to conquer uranus when was that that was after dude ranch was it yeah oh, okay or no no sorry that was before dude ranch mm. that, that was before dude ranch um so it was after uh but anyway so i guess i thought the short bush i don't know if that's what he's saying with track number two but if if there's a different one i didn't know that but if i think that those songs i think that's what i was referring to as the short maybe yeah he says then they released the buddha promo sometime in 1997 98 that is essentially a big compilation of unreleased songs and demos and then he says in parentheses very unclear history on this release very deserving of an entire episode honestly check out the post on the subreddit from a few months ago which you should have linked here buddy where he did a listen through uh me and this other guy slater did a research on it which yeah you've seen that uh yeah i i just saw it from like i didn't see it i saw that comment but i just remember because i read it when it was when it appeared and um yeah like i mean we we didn't really get into it, but yeah, the 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 Buddha that came out, um, the one that I described as like I bought it when I was in sixth grade. It's not the same thing that was the the demo that they put out. Yeah, there's because there's also the remastered Buddha from '98 that we all know. Fuck, this sounds geeky and pedantic. <laughs> pedantic. Pedantic. Yeah. Pedantic. What no, is that? that was uh, so it was PB. Yeah, when he says, "Please don't slay me in, on the next one." Love the podcast. So <laughs> I hope we didn't slay you. Who, who is it? This is PB31. PB31, you're fucking dead to me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, <laughs> thank you so much for writing that. That's that. Uh, um, There's a lot of information. It's just like, yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I have a little bone. You know, if that's the, the demo number two, then, uh, you know, I think I covered that with a short bus demo. Weird and it. I also didn't say uh, that the, the Buddha I got uh, was the original Buddha cassette. Uh, I was well aware that the uh, Buddha was lacking several of the joke songs. Although it's not uh, entirely uh, just uh, unreleased demos, there's a substantial amount of the CD Buddha that is the original uh, Buddha cassette. Oh, uh. Someday we'll do these the things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting, like, um, just to have, like, there's so much stuff that's, like, not really well known about this time uh, of Blink's history. They should do, like, the damn um, anthology series. Yeah, that'd be Blink so guys. fun. I'd love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks, PB. Peanut Butter 31 is yeah. going to call you. Thank you for taking Blink as seriously as we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad that you you mentioned you love the podcast. Should have put that at the beginning of the, of the oh, thing yeah, first. Yeah, no, so, yeah. <laughs> what Wait, if I didn't want to read the rest PB of that? Four thirteen. Peanut butter thirty one. That's what I'm gonna call him. Peanut butter four thirty. It's just PB thirty one. PB thirty one. And maybe it's like Paul Dentley thirty one. PB thirty one. Thank you for being one of probably ten people along with us in the world who would ever describe anything about Blink one eighty two as research. <laughs> hey. This is going to be document. This podcast is going to be fucking like we're going to be the talking heads and, and whoever makes the blink dot come in here. <laughs> Screening it for this fucking PB 31. Well, I was like the talking heads like in the documentary is like the blink experts, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, They're going to interview us. Maybe unless I make it. Um, this is moving on to emails. First email. Is from a dude named Tyler Peters. Hopefully, you don't mind me saying your whole name. Um, but you got a social. I got a social here. <laughs> I got his credit card numbers. Um, hey, love the podcast, and I listen to it a lot when I have to take the garbage out at work, which is a twenty-minute walk. Is what oh, he said. I was just gonna say, like, what does he listen to it in five-second installments? <laughs> How is the garbage a twenty minute? <sighs> Maybe he talks to the snow. I don't know. What weird? Does he is he getting rid of nuclear waste? <laughs> Why is he walking twenty minutes away from his building? I don't know. Maybe what is he disposing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he gets to it. I don't know. <laughs> he says, "I think I'd be really cool for you." Oh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> you should tell him right back in and tell Please us. Please let us know do. what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's like working at a zoo <laughs> and like the dis- like the the waste disposal is like really far away yeah maybe he's working on a space station oh, and he has he- to like take a <laughs> rocket it, are down you an astronaut <laughs> why why are you having me go so far away <laughs> i don't yeah maybe uh, it's really rural or something it's an outhouse situation i don't know I mean, I remember working at the mall, the dollar theater, and we had to walk maybe like, like to push the garbage to the trash. It was like a good like, maybe less than ten minutes. Maybe it was like five minutes to go to the trash yeah. can and, and maybe back. I'm just thinking like a twenty minute walk. <laughs> I could cover some ground. I'm glad that though we're pretty good with garbage. Like we're <laughs> we're a garbage enough podcast to listen to during yeah. this. Yeah, I'm happy that we we can be that for you. <laughs> this is like Mark Maron was talking about how like there's like a guy that like listens to the podcast that like works in a mine in like some place. <laughs> this yeah. is kind of the same. You really Speaking make my day better. Man. Yeah, <laughs> we're the, take the garbage. We're the hero for the blue collar man. <laughs> anyway, he says I think um, it'd be really cool for you guys to rank our your 
this is our, but I think he means your favorite Blink tracks. Maybe put it in the same episode as you rank the albums. But I'd like to see what your favorite songs are. Sometimes I think you guys are awesome, and I can't wait. Anyways, not sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, I think you guys are awesome, and I can't wait for more podcasts in the future. Um, yeah, we have in the corkboard. Uh, yeah, thanks. But we have in the corkboard to rank. That was one of the things to rank yeah. the albums. We probably, I don't know, like ranking all the songs, but probably like. Well, he's just our favorites. Yeah, probably do like top whatever songs and maybe like some. Top like, 10 bleaks And probably also like a bottom whatever songs too. That'd be good. Do a good like BuzzFeed episode. All the kind of ranking things. Those are fun. I, I don't know. Like they, I get it. They're clickbaity or whatever, but they are <laughs> kind of fun. Right. Yeah. Maybe if we're more like, we've. They're listening all the blink. They're fun albums. if they make sense. I think. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. When we run out of like ideas, we'll do that. Yeah. When but we become you. bankrupt, you'll know because we'll come out with the top Click twenty-five, <laughs> top 25 blink songs about being top a 20, teen. Top twenty-five songs about blink one. Okay, that sound like blink one two, but aren't blink one eighty two? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ryan talking about every time he ran into Jim Atkins from Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, lit. My own worst enemy, whatever it's called. Um, Simple play. <laughs> no, thanks, Tyler. Um, enjoy that walk to your garbage. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last but not leastly, we have uh, an email from Candice, I believe. It's C-D-I-C-E. So there's no A in there or N. But I guess that's probably really C-Dice. Really K-Dice. K-Dice. <laughs> C-Dice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, could it looked like it might have been um, an actual she, which is pretty exciting mm-hmm. in a way. But she says, um, hey, guys. Maybe she's way to check. alienate our first female listener. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, I just caught up on your podcast. Take off your pants, dot, dot, dot. Yesterday, an eager arrival of the Blink Show I'm seeing in Toronto, Ontario, on Sunday tw- the 21st, which was so yesterday. Just oh. Yesterday, played- let us know. I hope the show went well. You should let us know, like, uh, oh yeah, give any, us a rundown, any inside scoop of what went on. Yeah, so she saw this yesterday. We were trying to record this actually yesterday. It'd yeah. been pretty perfect if it was like today. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mr. Robot got in the way. Yeah, fuck. Um, anyway, she says I uh, <clears throat> I was discussing with my sister, and she made me aware that both Sum Forty One and Green Day are releasing albums this year. What do you know? We talked about that oh, earlier wow. in the episode. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, it feels like we've somehow tripped back a few years. Yeah, maybe Tom did discover something. There's Pokemon Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Here's your conspiracy theory. He's discovered time travel and is fucking with all of us. What? Maybe this is something about um maybe this is something about which you can take off your pants and podcast. Um, it's hard to say that for some reason. For real. Love listening and love your pat love your passion. You let the blinker out in me. So do you think that Tom you know, something that I spoke about is that he didn't seem like he was realizing his strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe he did realize his strengths and he traveled back in time? Um, and to sort of like, not too far back in time, just like a few years to like re-energize, to, to, to pick some 41 Jimmy Eat world and green day back when they were still in their prime, kill off the modern day versions, go back into the f- present with the, the prime green day, Jimmy mm, and some 41 mm, mm. release them among the world to set the groundwork for his like next year he comes out with like my name is Tom DeLonge now I'm a solo artist and this is my return to Animal State form 
and he, and the ground is laid for pop punk, and it's like the best selling album ever. I think you nailed it. <laughs> Put your pants back on. I think I killed everybody in the game last year. Yeah, fuck it. I was wrong. No. <laughs> to the strip club. Uh-uh. <laughs> this is all you need with Drake. This is it. Yeah. You've heard the rest yeah. of it. What? Hotline Bling. Hotline. This is the Hotline Bling. That's a cool little song. Cause it has like an interesting like... Yeah. thing to it. Yeah. He's not doing the same like yeah, everybody in the game yeah. last year. Yeah, fuck it, I was wrong now. And it's the same that's how his whole thing goes. Da 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 fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, and then that just like I mean here, I mean like I guess you could probably say that a lot a lot of rappers, but he just one that hasn't connected with me. He probably has to be into it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I'd rather listen to There's nothing that interesting about his lyrics to me. Life Apollo, I'd rather listen to that over anything it's interesting at least. There's interesting you know things what? going on. I don't as someone who doesn't even like Life of Pablo, I'd still rather listen to that because at least it's yeah, it's interesting at least to listen to that. Like I think it's a failure, but <laughs> I think it's an experiment which is always more interesting than just like something that sounds boring. Yeah. Anyway. Uh all right. Uh, all right. I feel warmed up. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead? And- <clears throat> uh, uh, strip. Fuck it. I was wrong. No. <laughs>